Hey, it's Kate. Over the last couple of years, as I've worked on books about preventing dementia and slowing down the aging process, I've learned that exercise is one of the most powerful tools we have to promote our own health. It's about so much more than burning calories, building muscle, and clearing your head. It's about extending your health span, and you don't need a doctor's appointment or a prescription to benefit from it. I hope this week's replays will inspire you to find more ways to get moving and to feel better in your body and your mind. Enjoy. What if you could become a better person, not by working harder, but by allowing your inherent goodness to take the lead? And not because you're a bad person, but because there's something inside you that's ready for more. How to Be a Better Person gives you one tiny step a day you can take to be the person you want to be. My mission? To help you keep growing. Hey, and welcome to How to Be a Better Person. I'm Kate, your host and the author of the book, How to Be a Better Person. This week on the podcast, I've been talking about movement, as in moving your body, as in exercise, yes, but even just like not being sedentary and how to work more movement into your life. Today, I am talking with Forrest Kalaski, my personal trainer, whom I've been working out with for about four years now, I think. I kind of lost track. For his perspective on how to stop thinking that you should be getting more exercise and to start actually doing it. So Forrest, first of all, I'm psyched to have you here. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here, Kate. This is really exciting talking about my favorite thing, exercise. Yeah, of course I had to have you on. Who else could I talk to about this? Hmm. So Forrest, what is it about exercise that makes you believe in it so much that you want to help people of all ages and fitness levels do it? I think a big thing, exercise is real. It's meaningful and it's an upward spiral. Believe in it because it works when you show up. And I've been doing this for a decade and it's pretty special. I see people at various stages of their life and get to hear the day-to-day impact both fitness and weakness bring and see the connections of the two. So, you know, I hear stories of a baby's first steps from their mom who's trying to get a body back that they feel is lost forever. I'm there to listen to clients struggle when they are turning 80 and want to keep walking on their own and how a shopping cart is also a walker. Never really thought about that. (laughs) The whole lifeline of a human is sort of laid out right before me uh, week after week. And every stage of a person's life and their struggles and ways to approach them through exercise, I find very powerful. So in the gym, we learn that progress takes time. That consistent effort is not only your best chance at staying fit, but also you find meaning along the way. And one can only hope that their greatest struggles and suffering happen under your own control, pushing your comfort zone for increased wellness at the gym. Uh, I often talk to my clients about that and it makes bumper to bumper traffic feel like rest. (laughs) Yeah, compared to pushing that sled. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's it's just, uh, it's a powerful place. Yeah. I just love that, you know, and I think people hear personal trainer and they think like, oh, you're trying to be this really fit, like elite athlete type of a thing. And it's for me, it's not really about that. And it sounds like for most of your clients, it's not really about that. It's about 
partnering with your body and giving yourself a leg up, you know, to do whatever it is that you want to do. And that can change over time. Yeah. Our ideas of what fit, I think, does change over time. And it's good to be flexible with that as you age or as life gets more complicated. You know, it's good to have different expectations at different times. Yep. I've heard you say that pretty much every excuse for why someone can't exercise is total BS. So why do you say that? (laughs) Well, we all make excuses uh, when things are scary or tough or we simply feel lost. The question really isn't, you know, should you exercise? It's how much. Exercise is something most people recognize as important, but few people really prioritize it. The common excuses of like, you know, I don't have time or I don't have money to do it are usually not too far off in a conversation from an impassioned pitch for why I should binge watch some show that this busy person just finished. Those excuses, even the person telling me probably knows are BS. But, you know, even more complicated ones, I don't really believe either. Frankly, unless you're Unless you have a fever or you're glued to the toilet or in a coma, you can probably move. And if you can move, you can move better. So the issue I have is that excuses come from people with a rigid idea about what fitness is. As we age, our fitness changes. You know, if you're 45 and you go out and try to do what you did at 25 after two decades of overeating and working in a chair, it's not fitness that failed you. It was your ego or your lack of knowledge for what you need. So I would say to someone like that, hire a professional. They help make sure that your intensity is appropriate and so that you can find success today and build on that tomorrow. Five years ago, I had a person referred to me for back pain from their doctor. And I had heard his story before agreeing with with the doctor to meet with him. And uh, this client has a condition very simply put, turns their tissue around their joints to stone, not literal stone, but calcification and buildup, making movement really tough. He was 25 years old at the time, and he had been through roughly 30 surgeries. He couldn't lift his arms high enough over his head to reach the top kitchen cabinets. He was a -a make-a-wish kid as a child. He met The Rock, which he still is really pumped about, and he was severely limited. But he just kept coming in and doing the work. And I remember a moment when he was talking about some discomfort in his foot and assumed it was related to his condition. We talked about it for a bit, and it seemed to me like a common plantar fascia issue and that most people deal with things like that. And I remember that day because we had two choices. We could stop or we could find other ways to move. And we decided to keep moving. In a few weeks from today, Memorial Day weekend, this client is going to perform a workout, which includes running two miles, doing 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, and 300 squats. Wow. Uh, He's done versions of this workout for the past three years. It's called Murph. It's a popular CrossFit workout, but it's something that's really motivated him. So we've ridden that wave. And uh, in previous years, instead of doing pull-ups, we did ring rows, or instead of running, we used the air bike. But we always worked within the realm of what was possible, pushing a little bit at a time. And we've been working on pull-ups for a year now to get ready for this event, this workout. I mean, it's a great goal for him. And I feel like if this client can do it, you know, our excuses of time or tired or any of those things just don't really hold weight for me, you know? Yeah. 
Well, I was going to ask you this question later, but I feel like it's such a good segue. How important is it to have a fitness goal? I mean, what if you're a person who just is like, I could care less if I ever did one pull-up, much less 100 pull-ups, you know? Like, how important is that to get you motivated yeah. in the gym? Goals are really important, and it's hard to know where to set the bar. I like SMART goals, which is an acronym to help guide people, and it helps you give an idea like, is this a goal or is this a dream or a wish? SMART stands for specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. So things like I will walk 10 minutes every day before breakfast is you know specific. You can measure how far you're going. It fits those key elements. Another one might be increasing my deadlift 20% in three months. So goals are really helpful. They help generate focus and drive. And usually big progress starts with specific small targets hit repeatedly. It's great to have goals that you really deeply believe in and want. But if that's not the case, just choose something simple. Uh, first step just to get moving. And uh, maybe you'll find another one and just keep building one on top of the other. <laughs> I ask because, as you know, I often struggle with finding like what my goal is. Yes. And I, and I ask you all the time, you know, <laughs> yeah. and we found one actually sort of by accident this week, which was we kind did. of fun, um, you know, strength training, keeping your spine strong, adding load so that you stay tall and keep your height for as yep. long as possible. Yep. For people listening, I took my daughter to the, to her pediatrician appointment and she's been growing like a weed. And we keep wondering if she's as tall as I am, that's going to be this like big milestone and she got measured by the nurse assistant and then the nurse's assistant left. And I was like, oh, I want to hop on there and see how tall I am. And I had always said that I was five, six and three quarters. And when I measured myself, I was five, five and a half, which was quite a shock. Although still a quarter inch taller than my daughter, I have to point out. But I was telling Forrest about it. And he was like, we got to go, which I have to admit is exciting. But, you know, like you said, just getting moving can be a goal, too. And can lead to the next one. That's right. Yeah. But you know, when you have one like that, you know, you're racing your daughter for inches on the, <laughs> on the on the wall or something, you know, you can really push a little harder. And that's what's nice about having goal that uh, you know, chasing or trying to stay on top of your daughter's height. It's uh motivating. And that's great when you have goals that you really believe in or you're really after, but just practicing hitting targets, hitting goals, even if they don't mean anything right away, can build confidence and get you get you started. Right. And ironically, I landed on a goal that is literally exactly. measurable. Those are the best ones. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so Forrest, I have to take a quick break, but I've got a couple right. more questions. So we'll be right back. All right. So welcome back. We're here talking with Forrest, my personal trainer of many years, whom I trust with my life, talking about exercise. So Forrest, what are some ways that we can fit more movement and different types of movement into our busy lives? All right. Well, you know, people are always trying to find hacks and quick fixes, but sometimes it's really simple depends on where you are in your journey. For some people, it's just parking in the first parking spot you see and walking from there or taking a walk while on the phone with family or at work. You know, for those people who are already exercising and looking for ways to squeeze out more circuit training or adding complex movements or 
measuring progress and trying to beat the previous scores can be helpful. Bottom line, if you're not happy with where you're at, find ways to move. Listen to episodes of this podcast while you're moving. Treat it like, uh, you know, I mean, yeah. put the headphones on <laughs> and, and get out there. I like to uh, listen to podcasts or, or books and I, I treat my chores around the house sort of like an event. And uh, I try to do them all in one session if I can. And, you know, carrying a laundry basket up the stairs feels better after unloading the dishwasher, I found, because I've been moving and I'm warmed up. So there's always ways to, to find movement. And it's fun if you can make it an activity and not something that you dread. So, Yeah. And, you know, I feel like since the pandemic happened, you know, I was coming in once a week and working out with you for an hour, kind of a traditional workout situation. And then the pandemic happened and nobody was going anywhere. And we ended up breaking up my one hour of work into like three smaller bites, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And man, they're so effective. They're so effective on so many levels. I feel like I stayed fit, got fitter even. It was better for me. I was working out more often, but I was just kind of shocked that like 15 minutes, sometimes they're even only 10 minutes. They really can do a lot. Can you just talk about a little bit about like how a workout doesn't need to take a lot of time? Yeah. You know, it is interesting because for one, I mean, you you created a situation that worked for you and you asked for help from me, which was helpful. And, um, you know, we're designing those programs. So they're very effective so, you know, we designed those programs for you because you know what you're doing a bit. You have some background in training. So it was a little bit easier for you to get kickstarted into working out on your own. But you could do circuit training at home. You can really pack in a lot of work into a small amount of time. But we've taken, you know, your one or two sessions a week in the gym and stretched it out into smaller bits of work over more days, which... If you can do that five days a week, 15 minutes a day, that's really valuable. Some strength, some conditioning, a little bit of each. And, you know, just to give you an idea of the two, strength is the ability to lift a thing. You know, can I lift a box or a heavier box or can I climb a step? Conditioning is the ability to repeatedly do that thing. You know, how many boxes can I carry in an hour or how many flights of stairs can I do in 20 minutes? And so we work on strength and conditioning. Mm. Sometimes we mix them up or do just one or the other. And, you know, it doesn't have to be that complicated. You know, just doing squats in and out of a chair or without a chair, holding a weight for 40 seconds and then resting 40 seconds. That can be a workout. It doesn't have to be crazy complicated. So, but it's the accumulation that you have gotten week after week is what really has sort of shown progress for you. It's been so great to see. <laughs> well, it's like podcasting. You just got to stick with it. <laughs> to start exactly. to reap the benefits. Yep, that's it. <laughs> what are some of the commonalities you see in the folks you work with who make movement a regular part of their lives? Well, besides the fact that they're all wonderful, I'm really lucky to be surrounded by who I call my counsel. They advise me on many life decisions, but they see the value in learning from experts and an interest for improvement. That's certainly one thing. For many people I work with, they've gotten to the point where movement's a way of life now. They show up on days that would sideline others. You know, They underslept the night before or their shoulders aren't feeling great. Maybe they're just having a down day, but they come anyways. 
having a professional to guide the intensity really helps, you know, and, uh, I use this shine acronym with my clients when they come and it stands for sleep, hydration, injury, nutritional, and emotional state. And that sort of lets me know where they are that day. So even if they're having a tough day, they can still move and, you know, they feel better at the end. And so, you know, I would say, guess how many times someone comes in to work out and regrets being there after they're done? Zero, you know, because it's an accomplishment. It's rarely ever their greatest showing, but it might be one of the most important ones when they're not really feeling like doing it today. Because if uh, you can show up on a day where the cards are stacked against you, you know, you're unstoppable, really. And for most people, the hardest days are on the front end, by the way. It gets easier and you accomplish more and more. So I think my clients, many of them have hit a point where they're just keep, they're doing the habit they've built in. And so for people listening, it takes time, but it's showing up on days you don't want to. Awesome. Forrest, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, this was awesome. Thanks so much. You got it. And I mean, you know, my listeners are all over and not necessarily in Rhode Island. And I, is there a place where people can connect with you? Are you online at all? I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not really online. I don't do social media. I pretty much just spend all my time in, in the gym with my clients. <laughs> but, you know, there's tons of resources out there. There are a lot of people like me looking to help. And I just think, finding personal trainer. You don't have to stick with just the first one you find. Many trainers offer a free first session. I would say find people to help and use those resources. Okay, great. Thanks so much. Awesome. Take care. Hey, it's Kate back with your tiny assignment. Now, I didn't interview Forrest because I had an agenda of trying to convince you to work with a personal trainer. But honestly, listening to him talk, and thinking on my own experiences working with him, I'm going to give you the tiny assignment of really checking in with yourself and asking, should I maybe consider working with a personal trainer? There's someone who is a professional, they know about exercise, they know how to keep you safe and from injuring yourself. They also know how to push you when appropriate, how to motivate you. They can provide a lot of accountability, which is something I'll be talking about in the next couple of episodes. Just give it some good thought. Mull it over, will ya? Maybe talk to a few friends and see if they work with anybody that they think is great. And if you live in Rhode Island and you think Forrest is great, I can tell you that he is. And you can reach out to me to get in touch with him, even though he's not online anywhere. All right. Thanks. And I hope you'll come back tomorrow when we're talking about how to find the time to exercise. How to Be a Better Person's theme song, Left for Deadish, is by Junior85. The episodes are mixed by Sound Advice Strategies. If you liked what you heard in this episode, share it with someone you think would like it too. Your voice matters. Also, How to Be a Better Person has an official newsletter that sends the past five episodes and a well-chosen meme to your inbox every weekend. Sign up at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com and click on Get Podcast News. I also love to hear from listeners. I mean, I love it. Send me an email by clicking on the contact Kate button at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com or you can tweet me at Kate W. Hanley. Don't forget the W. 
or find me on Instagram at Kate Hanley Author. I look forward to connecting with you.